fucker is. That is real. That is a psyop. He looks AI generated. He sounds like someone we know. Uh, he sounds no. He sounds like fucking um. Riff raff. No, not riff raff. Um, Kevin Gates. I increasingly believe that, like, but like less southern and more like Texas. Especially since I made this new YouTube account, I feel like every face or person I see on my feed that I don't recognize is like an AI generated psyop. Yeah, and pe- I've heard other people say this. People said this about the Island Boys that, and I know what they mean. It, it is like there's like an engine just producing. Uh, weird guys that you see for a couple months on yeah, your algorithm. Yeah, like really bad haircuts. Just algorithmic guys with weird hair. D-baby. Like, That's bad fake. haircuts and also, like, the worst tattoos. Yeah. Oh, the tattoos. Is tattoos. It's like they come out of a fucking factory. And we're going to be talking about a number of uh, weird guys with weird hair on today's episode of the Kings of Punk podcast because yep. punk rockers are known to have haircuts as well. In in the uh, bizarre fashion, in the bizarre, in the fashion that is not defined as being normal. Um, Correct. I'm uh, Jake Razor. I'm Tyler Hammer. I'm Gary. U.S. Bombs. If you don't know, this is a podcast where we discuss uh, punk rock and also just all the ephemeral kind of phenomena the surrounding that it, surround which it happen. The culture of within it, you know, uh, there's a there's a lot to digest and a lot that kind of. Maybe in uh, this modern day that we live in goes over people's heads. Yeah, and now that uh, No Jumper, he like turned it into a reality show with like alt-right guys and random people. Uh, you know, he, I used to rely on him to talk about the culture of mm-hmm. punk and the culture. Yeah, and, and now Mr. 22 really let me down. Mr. 16 really bungled it up. But what he, he did was he heaved, it, he, uh, heaved it onto us and we... We're like Atlas right now, boys. Atlas. We're whole Atlas. We're holding it up. Yeah, that is what we're doing. And you ensuring know, that it stays, you know, people still can hear about their favorite punk rock activities and things that are going their on. Favorite punk rock activities. Punk rock activities. Such like, as you studying know. your hair. Studying <laughs> your hair. <laughs> Giving your friend uh, a stick and poke. They can hear about their favorite punk stores. Filling your your uh, favorite paper bag full of rubber cement to huff later. Yeah, yeah. Have we? Done, yeah, we Go got ahead. a fun episode. Um, we're gonna be doing another reunion retribution. Yeah, it's been a, in a, lo- a long time since we did this series. This is partially inspired no, by. Th- we did one recently. Didn't Which we? one? It was like a month or two ago. It was like the. Uh, yeah, I feel like it was longer than that. Oh, we no, we did the crust, the crust one. That was it. Yeah, yeah that okay, wasn't that long. Okay, okay, I forgot about that. That's a true. couple months ago. But, but I, I was listening to some older episodes uh, of the Demo Listen podcast, and they mentioned this series. So shout out to those guys. And it occurred to me it would be good. Uh, I I kind of felt like doing one anyway, listening to some music with uh, with my friends and co-hosts here. And uh, I want to do kind of a follow-up on our UK82 episode we did. Because it seemed to be well-received. People liked it. People I know, yeah. you know, fans of the genre, like well-seasoned fans, said we knocked it out of the park. And there's also some people who were kind of introduced to some of that stuff through that episode. So this is going to be, I guess, an addendum to that. Um, we uh, It's kind of us uh, exploring the genre a little bit further, 
taking a look at right. uh, past the eighty classics, <laughs> past the eighty two, if you will, for some of these bands. Oh yeah, we're going past like, eighty two, way past, way yeah, past, way past in some cases. I and, uh, how have you, I was going to ask how you guys been. We spent well, I, no, I was going to say it's been a week. No, we we recorded last week, um, but we uh, we played a show recently. I thought that was really really good. That yeah, was, it was really fun. I had a really fun time. Leaking had played at a local venue. Local unnamed venue. Local unnamed venue. And, uh, I mean, I feel like it, we finally finished our set. And then uh, me and Coogie, uh, we just looked at each other and we just started laughing. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. it was so funny. Like, everything about how that set went. It it. I haven't played a set like that with any band in many, many years. And I, I had a pretty shitty weekend. I'm not doing great. But that I enjoyed at the time. It was like a little beacon of light, and I'm think I'm I know I'm gonna remember it fondly. And you know, we had played a new song that we weren't all the way up to speed on. And I, before we played it, I remember I think I said to you guys, I was like, "Look, if we totally fuck it up, like we've never like really done that before. Like I think as a band, it is important because at least for me, when I'm playing music, the mistakes I make in front of other people are not the same mistakes I make at practice." And then if when you go to record something, you're going to make all of the mistakes and more. So it's good to sort of diagnose, do some diagnostics by playing in front of some people. And playing in a fucking house in your hometown is a perfect place to do that. And even right before the set, Cougar was like, as he said, something about how we were going to suck. And, and we didn't suck, but I did make the point to him. I was like, we've never fully sucked at a show. Yeah, which we is, haven't. Which is great. But it also means if we do, worst case scenario... It's a new experience. I will say that that could have been the closest we've ever cut. Like, I don't think we we didn't suck, but that we, we were definitely very, very loose. That was some songs. Yeah, easily the closest we've gotten to sucking. Um, we were we were a razor's edge of, of sucking. But I think but, our, our you know, it's like we weren't, you know, upset about it. We were just having a good time. And I think exactly. that kind of transcended the overall like, you know, nobody gave a fuck that we were, like, f- we fucked, like, what, maybe two songs up? I mean, some of them, some of the songs I thought we did really fucking good. Like, dude, I think that was the best version of Get Rich and Die. That was, oh, yeah, that was. You know what? Yeah. That was something encouraging. The song Tyler's referring to is a newer one. And that, I, I've noticed when we play a lot of times, it's like people aren't moving around. They're not into it. And then we get to a certain song in the set, and it's always a different one. And people loosen up and they start going crazy. And you would expect that from the songs they've heard before on an EP, demo, whatever. That song that isn't recorded anywhere, that's the one that did it at that show. And that's very encouraging. When people were moving to that, I was like, all right, we're getting the reaction that we wanted to see. Yes. I'm stoked. I do need to get uh, my amp wasn't loud enough. And I think I did too far back. I don't know. We were not fine tuning tone at that show where the (laughs) fucking fire department came there. So whatever. But I think I'm going to get another of the same $75 combo amp that I have. Because, so you have two? So I have two. So I have a full stack of combo amps that are on wheels that are solid state. I've never seen anyone do that before. I haven't either, and uh, they'd be interesting. first for everything. I mean, you could get just like a 4x12 and just plug, I, I think, I don't know. Actually, no combo amps work like that. I don't know. Regardless, be interesting to say the least. Also... Uh, opening band, we got some new young blood in Rochester. That's right, some young G's. And this band, Deep Disdain, it was their first show, and they fucking killed it. 
I mean, I do got to say, for being like a beatdown slash, I mean, I guess you could almost even say deathcore. I wouldn't say death. I wouldn't say death. I see The reason why I wouldn't say deathcore is because they don't. They weren't doing the deathcore vocals. Yeah. No. And like, no. I would say beatdown metalcore, like, but like hard metalcore. Yeah, it was like really good. Um, it, it was it was good, and it's weird because it's a genre that I don't like very much, but they, the energy of it and the presentation and elements of the music were just, it's like they just filtered out just enough of the things I don't like about that stuff to make it likable. The Pantera angle of metalcore was turned right. up a little bit. They should, people should, these kids, they should, you know, maybe lean more into that, I think, honestly. Yeah, it's tough, though. It's a fine line. Yeah. Fine line between what that band did and stuff that is terrible. Well, I mean, Earth Crisis did it. Earth Crisis did do it. Earth Crisis did do it. Also, they are all, for the most part, teenagers. Actually, literally all teenagers, except their singer, but he wasn't there. But he's like 20, they told me. Yeah. So, fuck, a teenager. The like one, The one guy, the one kid who, who looked to me to be about 15, meaning he's probably 18, but he was wearing he had like long hair and he had a t-shirt that said two-seater with an arrow pointing at his face and then one pointing down towards his dick and i think it's awesome that little kids who play yeah. like <laughs> yeah beat down metalcore are still like rocking that 16 year old so cool with their parents there yeah, yeah. that's awesome <laughs> that was very encouraging and our friends from ohio played uh tv drugs and butcher's dog and they were both great uh, our buddy Matt Tard sings for TV Drugs and great frontman, great band. Butcher's Dog Live is like sick, ripping. Like people describe it as D beat. It kind of is, but not. But not really. It it I, it to me. I this is the thing. I just want to call it like a faster hardcore punk band. But like, yeah, it's hard to say that now because people hear that and they still kind of think like, depending on how old they are, either No Way Records or like Gel, and it's like no, it's mm-hmm. not like that. It's more like. This is what some of the international influences are there a little more. What I've like realized is that like younger people, especially, um, or in, even not even younger people, it's like us. I'm talking about I guess us. We have such a depth of knowledge of like punk, but also just music. When people say kind of stuff like that, sometimes not saying this the best example of it. But you hear someone be like, he sounds like this, and you just go, huh? Like, have you ever listened to that band? It sounds like System of a Down. Yeah, or something like that. It's like, I don't think you've ever heard that band, or I don't, like, I'm going to start checking people on that kind of shit, when people are like, yeah, this sounds like kind of like this. Sounds like Megadeth. It's like, uh, what do you mean by that? I think we got to do that more, because uh, people who, people are just so... But that's gatekeeping. People are so like confident in their like, in their like thoughts, and it's just like, uh, yeah, right. It's like, listen, mm, you don't know who you're it, talking to here. Like, you're talking to a huge fucking nerd. Yeah. So <laughs> you better come. Strapped. Better come correct. <laughs> See, I've horseshoed around to knowing enough that I come up with takes that make people pretty readily say to me, like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, what the what was what was the one?" Uh, there was some band that. Oh, it was when I said that Unleashed sounded like Madball. That was and <laughs> yeah. Then, like I, I guess what but I they kind of do. I, I know what you mean Wait, when you say that. Who said what? Do you who's who was confused by that? No, that's just a good example. There was one. But here's the thing. Other day, yeah. 
the what maybe the unleashed stuff that you're also talking about some of the other stuff the later stuff especially yeah they've never heard right so they're just thinking right they're like <laughs> entombed swedish death metal and they're, they're like, also thinking that unleashed is a sick band too they know like the first three records but not you know death metal victory no nobody gave me shit about that but like the other day i heard this band can't remember what they were called i wish i could because they were really good uh you might have heard it tyler is that thing that's like uh glam metal but with death metal vocals it was in the demolition group mm. it, it was very cool but what i said and, and it is straight up like the guitars are clearly tr- trying to be like rat or something like that but yeah with ripping vocals and my first thought was this sounds like integrity it, because it does but i just i just really my main thing is when i if i'm gonna make a band-to-band comparison I try to have complete or even negative regard for the artist's intentions. Yeah. Cause, cause, oh, yeah. Because I like it when people do that to me. Like when that fucking guy told, or that kid told me that, uh, what did he say? That Eclectic Blend, my like psych garage punk glam band sounded like uh, a Merciful cru- Fate. N- no, a crustier version of Rob Zombie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is like a crustier version. That implies that Rob Zombie is crusty in any way. I mean, well, I mean, besides the dreads, yeah. And you guys have even less dreads than Rob Zombie does. Oh, and also besides the, uh, you know, horrible stench. Yeah. Zero dreads. You guys I mean, have showered recently. Yeah, I mean, Cam worked at a head shop up until pretty recently. He could get dreads. I would support it, but... I think Eric would... He could probably rock some dreads. Eric should have dreadlocks. That's that's true. He's probably listening to this. I hope he hears that. But, uh, yeah, we're going to do Reunion Retribution today. Um, to oh, another funny... Go ahead. No, before, go ahead. Yeah. Um, another funny thing at the show. Uh, saw Matt Tart almost get hit by a car. That was pretty funny. Oh, really? Damn. <laughs> yeah, like he uh, was carrying some merch across the street, and I, he was like, you know, I think he looked, and then, like, a car came out of nowhere going, like, really fast, and then he had to, like, jump out of the way and, like, threw the merch. and then really? he And then, like, the people in the car were like... Watch where you're, they're like yelling at him and shit. <laughs> he reminds me of someone that like something like that would happen to like in a cartoon. And Matt, if you're listening, I mean that only with affection. Like it's a guy who should be careful around like anvils and that kind yeah. of pianos. Like pianos, pianos, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. we don't want to see his teeth, uh, you know, be replaced by the keys. By piano keys. Play yeah. a little tune. Yeah. Also, I mean, I totally forgot about the someone uh, was arguing me on on Twitter and wanted to come on. Oh, for a about little debate, the, right? The photographer, uh, photographer wanted to come on and talk to me. There was a big Twitter f- photographer thing, and um, just know that I will never have a photographer on uh, of my own volition on well, this podcast. Well, I mean, there we will get one on, but you won't know <laughs> yeah, about pay. it. <laughs> they got to pay me. They wanted to debate you? Yeah, I mean, he, wanted, he was just like, because that Parade of Flash he- guy said like no pretty much was just like i don't do plus ones like i don't let people into shows for free like i don't really care like and obviously like if he wanted to he could but like that's his he's he's a fucking promoter he can do whatever the fuck he wants same thing with you same thing with me you know he, right you yeah. him. um and so i just said okay i dig it like and he's like this guy was like oh you dig it well we can dig it on your podcast and it's like dude I let people in for free at my shows if they're like, I give people plus ones, like I'll 
I mean, that the show on Saturday, there's people that live. Like, yeah, right. It's like, well, you think we're going to charge them? We're going to charge the people that live, live there? there? No, of course not. Like, they're letting us do the fucking show here. And that involves like four or five or six people, maybe. So, whatever, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, but, uh, I would, yeah, I would say I'm not. I'm I'm not anti photographer at all. I can lean pretty pro p- photographer. I am very anti uh, internet debates, and that's actually oh something I, I something I legitimately like seriously would not do. Well, I I think a key thing that Tyler's leaving out here is I think the guy this photographer got more offended because you posted a picture of a Burger King application on his. Well, Twitter. yeah, because people were mad so uh, about this promoter not letting a photographer want to get in. Um, and so I just said to all the photographers that I'm at, I just posted a Burger King application and then someone, but then of course someone did the thing where it's like, Ooh, your podcast not doing too good. And I just said, I mean, I pretty much just do it for fun. Not a big deal. And then they posted the Burger King application and it's like at me and it's like, I didn't respond to him, but it's like I didn't see any of this. I was like, like, I want to. Oh, yeah, I really want to be like trying to make ton- we're, we're trying to make this well, podcast like, thing like our like, day jobs. It's yeah. like, hey, I'm not. I'm not the one that has to that needs someone to pay for my fucking show. I pay for all my shows that I go to. Do you think I have it? I have a job. I don't. This isn't my job. Like, are you trying to imply that this is my job and I guess I'm failing? I guess that's. I think the the assumption on their part absolutely is that you are hoping to do this as you can, a job and you're failing at it. And it's like, maybe I am. And maybe there's, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to talk about uh, 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 turnstile in this episode, guys. That way we get the fucking SEO, you know, right up there. Man, the assumptions people make is so funny because, you know, like they, it's like, man, I don't even like listen to these episodes. Yeah, I do. I, I've, I didn't for a while. I started again recently. The thing is, we did talk about turnstile and that's not what happened. Yeah. In fact, the only SEO trick that did work, and I will do this again, was I, One Life and, Crew. And I do. Oh yeah, that worked too. <laughs> and, and and I do, and I will take money from. We will take your money, but no, we don't want to do this as a job. But no, the thing that worked was just without thinking about it as a joke. We put the name Henry Rollins in the title of an episode, and it has oh, like yeah, five times like, more listens than everything else. It doesn't. Yeah, it's. It's like our second listen to. We don't even really talk about him. No, <laughs> no, we don't. But let's get let's take a quick break for our sponsor and get back to what's the matter at hand. UK eighty two. What's going on, everyone? It's Tyler Hammer, and I'm here to talk to you about our sponsor, Show the Road Records. They got a lot of stuff in the distro and a lot of stuff coming out, specifically. The Archigathus Cystoblastosis split 7 inch. That's coming soon, so keep your eye out for it. Archigathus, Canadian Mince Core Legends, Cystoblastosis, Gore Freaks. You're gonna like it. And in the vein of some mints, I want you to go to Shirley Road Records and check out the Agathocles Corrupt Vision split 7 inch. Now, if you're a fan of Agathocles, you probably enjoy this. If you're not, I think you're going to like it too. The Agathocles side, very, very good. Really blown out, nasty stuff. Agathocles has a lot of throwaway records. But listen, I'm a purveyor of the good stuff. And this is the good stuff. You can use promo code TOPPOD10 to get 10% off your order. That's K-O-P-P-O-D-10 
to get 10% off your order. Thanks for listening. Peace. All right, and we're right back, and we're going to lead in this week's reunion retribution with uh, of, of the bands I had in mind for today, the one that we have talked about the most and you are probably most likely to be familiar with, a UK82 a British hardcore punk band from the early 80s called the Verrukers, who we've covered both on our Pusshead March Mayhem series. We talked about their very first EP, which was on that list. And in our UK82 sort of primer episode, we touched on them as they are considered one of the sort of, I think, probably most influential of these bands. In part yeah. because they got back together in the early 90s and they toured the States, I believe. They went to see, there's videos of them playing at CBGB in 1996 that actually looked really cool. And uh, as as I've kind of observed, like in terms of the 90s, like street punk phenomenon, it seems like a handful of these bands either not breaking up or getting back together and touring sort of played a role in uh, revitalizing styles of music along these lines. But I, I don't I think I've listened to this record we're going to listen to. The one I had in mind was I think their first record back called uh nothing's changed i actually you know what i remember should we listen to a original verrukers yeah you know what for 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 folks who uh aren't familiar we that's probably a good idea let me trying to think of what play another religion another war yeah yeah that's a real raging one we'll play the title track from their 84 i want to say yeah four or something like that double check but uh um no yeah you know what you do make a good point about because like i feel like a lot of these bands like didn't break up or had like longer tenures than one would think. Like, yeah. Discharge was around for 79 to 86. It's a long time for a yeah. punk band. And he, he, even Verruckers, like, this band did break up, hence they're eligible for this, but they were really only away for a few years. I mean, the record we're going to listen to, I think, from what I've seen of the discography, is, like, the last one before they... No, there's one other one after... Or before they broke up, regardless. Uh, they did Another Religion, Another War in 84, broke up a year or two after that, and then... After we listen to the title track from Another Religion, Another War, we're going to listen to a track off their Nothing's Changed EP from 1984. So here's that title track.
back. Great song. One of Classic. my favorites by them. Thoroughly raging. So fucking fast. So fucking mean. And catchy, too. Catchy. Really has it all. That, that record, they did up the intensity. The earlier stuff is not quite as ripping as they say, but still very ripping yeah. and al- always a catchy, catchy band. I mean, I would even say this record's almost kind of like it's, uh, I don't know, proto. Uh, DB. It's yeah. definitely DB. It's like proto crossover in some ways. Yeah. Like, I have to assume anyone who was excuse me, doing the grindcore thing probably had a taste for this record in particular as well. Oh, definitely. And that was on Riot City Records. Um, the Nothing's Changed EP on Weird Records, again, I, I'm sure I listened to this at some point as a youth. I don't really remember it. I do remember having a backpatch with the cover, which features, you know, two punkers with, uh, you know, punker jackets. They've got a... Both have discharge patches, and the one guy's got abrasive wheels, GBH, and one-way system on his shit. Uh, pretty good design on the cover, but I haven't I haven't really listened to this thing. So we're going to listen to it, I think, for the first time. Have you guys heard this before? I don't think so. Nope. And we'll let you know what we think of it. Uh, here, I guess we'll start I, once again with the title track. This is Nothing, Nothing's Changed by the Verrukers from 1994. Okay, we are back. That was that was really good. It was really good. I fucking loved that. Was like, you play that for me. That's classic. It's fucking 
dirty. It's raw. It's pissed off sounding. It's now, fast. It's fast. It's, it's got n- that 90 snare tone. It's not like... I, I think if you showed someone now, they might call it D-beat. And it definitely is similar oh, to sure. a D-beat. Um, but I, the more I think about it, that genre is kind of meaningless. Because uh, this is an interesting thing. I don't think we even talked about it on the previous episode. But we talked about Discharge, obviously. And thinking about it, I was listening to their 82 album, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't think they're doing like the true, true, true D-beat on this. Not like Y. If you listen to Y, that's like right, full yeah. on, this is, yeah, this is a D-beat album. But here nothing doesn't, it seems more like a UK you know, 82 album. Or I was going to say even like a metal punk. Yeah, like yeah. a proto metal punk. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, another the the metal punk crossover thing is is also very interesting. We should do a whole could do a whole crossover oh, episode. We could. We should. I mean, we could even probably do two. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to. Yeah. Because I mean, I was listening to a bunch of Doctor No. Now here's a question: Would you call Doctor No a crossover band? Uh, I kind of would. I think they could honestly. You could. I could. I feel like you could either say you know yeah crossover or uh, metal punk. Yeah. Um, but. This this is very much like the Verrukers still, and for them to come back after any sort of hiatus and still fucking just tear it up like that, I think that's that's great. That's awesome. How many? I mean, their their uh, compatriots or uh, counterparts or counterparts. I don't know, but discharge. We talked about what they were doing. At this they point. were not Which doing era this. Was this. Was this the massacre? They the were doing Master the sex Divine, explosion. Sex explosion. The sex explosion, yeah. The cover with the gun, the guy in the gun. Yeah, Massacre Divine with like the Grave like New- a skeleton on it, right? Grave New not Grave New World. No, what's the other one? Yeah, but what's the one after it? Um, shooting up the world. That yeah. one was even worse. Yeah. So, so Oh, that was the one after Massacre Divine, yeah. wasn't it? It's yeah. cool. Oh it's cool that like they were like Verrucas were like no, we're not doing anything different. Well, you know what for them? They were like I'm sure they were like we haven't been a band for, you know, like six, seven years. It's like, as opposed to Discharge, who, you know, people probably had some, you know, people were like, oh, you know, this is, people probably had to come to expect something like that from Discharge at that point. The, well, like, the Verrukers, though, you know, yeah. they were probably like, nah, I got to keep it, keep it true, punk rock, baby. Well, I, I noted in the Discharge episode we did, they like, they broke up in 86, but then they play in Japan in like 91, and it, there's footage of it. Um, and they're all they're just playing old stuff like with fucking um, what's it, uh, Cal on vocals. So it's like, the fuck is this? So right. if, weird band. So I, 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 I liked this a lot, too. I'll start with like the good things and have some criticisms. I mean, I, I basically agree with what you said. I, I, it, it's fast. It rips. It has all the good things I like about Rukers normally. The, I did notice some subtle differences that I liked, like. There's some little things in the riffs. They did some little clever, subtle things, sort of Chromag style. It not it sounded like the Chromags, but that approach to riffing where you kind of I know of, what you're talking you about. You slide yeah. from one fret down to the other and it's kinda of tense sounding. I, I you know what? I could see some continuity with the Chromags here, or even like Harley's record he did called the Chromags. But I like that. I like that the the beginning of it, there's sort of like an instrumental intro, I guess you would say. It's not like a fucking intro bust breakdown intro. Yeah. But they like ride some shit in the beginning and that wouldn't have been totally standard for like eighties 
this style shit. It's like no. I, I, the song starts and I wasn't sure where they were going with it. And I was cool. kind of worried that it was going to be. I don't know if you guys thought it, I was kind of worried. I was like, oh, is this an instrumental song? Is this I, I the intro? Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and that's no. cool. I, I like that it kept me guessing. Really, my only criticisms would be, I guess, just results of it being from 1994. It's not my favorite production. I wish the guitar was, like, bigger, more distorted. Yeah. I wish his vocals had something else on them. If he double-tracked them, that would have worked. Some overdrive on the vocals. Yeah, they, they seem to be lacking, like, a little, a certain, like, a like a rough edge. They need some grit. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to say, like, in any hardcore punk band, like, hit the vocals with the overdrive. Like, make the vocals sound overdriven. Like, yep. there's rarely, if ever, a reason to not do that. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it around this time, too, like, crust is kind of being a thing. You got... Pretty well established Disc- by this point. I think yeah. Disclose has been a band for a few years. You have, like, other D-beat bands. Like, um, I think, like, this change. You have... Um, Fucking anti Simex had been a band. Yeah, yeah, Hell Crusher. So it does feel the vocals, I think, are probably the quote unquote weakest part. But right. compared to a lot of things, it's pretty good stuff. My favorite thing about this, I do think, is the cover. I just love this. I, I, I've talked about this with other records before, but I feel strongly about it you know graphic design in punk i guess i think this is a great design i love the way that the text is angled with the jackets of or the the figures on the front the two punks like you know the nothing is sort of tilted a little bit the change yeah. is tilted i love doing that with stuff like that it's cool they did that before photoshop could just do it for you basically also whatever that font is they use for the the text that says nothing's changed is I don't know what it's called, but I've seen it before, and I like that font a lot. It's featured prominently on the debut EP by Florida hardcore band No Fraud, and I'm a fan of it. So great, great design. Pops also, whoever made this seven inch cover, I feel like I remember seeing that font, like you know, on the uh, on up near the chalkboard in elementary school before too. That's probably, yeah. That's why we like it. I mean, that's like with McDonald's, the arches are supposed to be yeah. like a mother's breasts or whatever. It's like uh, early memories, <laughs> like that's- about some big bazooms. What do we got next, Jake? So next, you guys, I'm thankful you reminded me of a band that I have a lot of love for and I think is pretty underrated, and they do have a reunion uh, album that we're going to check out. Uh, the band The Skeptics from Stoke-on-Trent. I think that's where Discharge from, right? Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a band that started in 78, and then um, they their first album which we're going to hear a track from to sort of get acquainted is called so the youth it's from 1983 we the, covered that on Pusshead. yep i That's i right i as far as this kind of style of punk goes uk2 stuff again this is i don't know if it's a top five favorite but it's way up there and it's one that has sort of been a pretty big musical inspiration to me because pretty unique sounding i think so what's a good song on here i guess we'll listen to the song traitor by the skeptics spelled with an x from the album So the Youth, which is not allowed to be sell- sold on Discogs because it was on Rocco Rama Records, which they are not a uh, rock against communism band. I think like uh, many of those Finnish hardcore bands, they just, yeah. you know, a guy in Germany wanted to put out the record, so they did it. But uh, And now you can't buy it on Discogs, so I don't know. If you got a copy of this for a reasonable price, uh, DM Coppot Official on Instagram. Yes. But this is Traitor from So the Youth. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, so that was Skepta doing the song Shut Down. Uh, no, another artist I like a lot. But the, no, Skeptics with the song Trader Off, So the Youth. Uh, I was saying off mic, one thing that stands out to me about this record is because you don't hear it very often. It's a hardcore punk record where, for me, the drummer kind of steals the show some of the time. The guy is a maniac. Uh, Chig was the dude's name, I guess. As Tim has noted before, the British people with their fucking nicknames in these punk bands is fucking unreal. Yeah. Everybody's got a stupid name. Yeah, it feels like Cart U.S. doesn't have as much nicknames. No, well, no, because it's not just like a punk thing. It's like, I think it's just like... A British thing, right? That's like they're they're that's just like oh yeah, that's so that's uh, uh Bromsey from that's, yeah round yes, dude, yes. rusty, rusty, yeah, 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 shit like that. Oh, it's a boat over there. So <laughs> computer, yeah. This is this was good. I, I I like. I mean, I remember like liking this record, and it's like yeah, it's fine. Uh, I think if you're a UK eighty two head, you probably dig it. You know, it's got that driving drum beat that we all love. Uh, and the guitar. Yeah. That's a good riff. That uh... This one has yeah. a great riff, yeah. And I, I like how the guitar sounds. Um, and, and the vocals, I mean, the mix is, like, kind of bad, but I like it. Like, it's kind of buried it and hard to hear things. It all mushes together. Yeah, I like that on this record. So they did a couple more EPs after this. Uh, the Peace Force EP, Return to Hell, a Split with the Insane, who we've also talked about uh, in different contexts. And then they broke up, and then in 2003, 2002 it looks like I, I read something that said 2003 but I think that's inaccurate because their reunion record Hate and Fear was released in 2002 that original lineup same one you just heard got together to do a, some gigs at CBGB's and then they did this huh. a- album here wait um, are they from the UK yes oh what they did they did a reunion in CBGB's because I think is that's where the demand was that's where huh. like the nascent street punk scene was like really starting oh that makes yeah sense. I mean when was like um those weird crusty bands from New York City um like the ska crusty bands were they fr- I think probably that was City? that was nineties that was a little earlier this are you talking was, about like leftover crack yeah and shit? that kind of stuff yeah that was that was like, early two thousand what part of New York they were from you mean? They, they're from New York right yeah they're from New York I think yeah I, I'm just thinking of like th- how there are there were contingencies of like punk and crust people and i feel like that was probably a big they oh new york city probably had one of the biggest i'm sure well yeah the leftover crack was late 90s and there was also the casualties were around by this point there there were other things along those lines uh rancid is rancid from yeah they're from new york right california oh yeah they're from never mind well still yeah new york city they they thought that big center for that thing yeah it's not that far um you know, it's on the coast. You know, all the yeah. co- all the coasts are actually really close to each other. People that usually don't realize that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it might look like it's really far on the map, but New York to California actually not. You know, I mean, you you take your finger across the map, and it's, it's like, not oh, that far. You know, it's like it seems like what, like maybe you know, couple five hundred miles. You have to realize like it's not the distance; it's the humidity. People think, yeah. but it's dry <laughs> distance, so right. it's not as bad. So I'm looking at this album cover. So the previous album cover. Garbage. It rules, but it looks like shit. This one, I like how the their logo. It looks like the. I mean, they still have the T as a Y for um, some reason. The, the it looks like the creator logo. It does look like the creator logo. That's what I thought. Also, you can't see the bottom part of the K, so it looks like it says Spectics. 
Spaptics. Spaptics. It kind of does, actually. The font, you're right, on that first album, I, I love the cover of that So The Youth record, but it is the font that says, like, the album title is probably, like, the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, like, how did you come that, up with this? That actually is a crazy, like, because the more I'm looking at it, I see that there, it's like this uh, bloody uh, arm and hand that has, like, a, you can see the bone sticking out of the wrist. Ooh, And it's ouch. all bloody. And this hand is holding the world up. Holding the but world? on the world, it looks like you can see the reflection of somebody's face. People's yeah. faces. I don't know if it's their faces or not. I don't know that. Well, there, I'm also seeing alternate. There's an alternate cover of this record that I'll show you guys separately that looks way dumber than the one you're looking at right now. Wow, and I didn't think um, that was possible. Oh, no, you... you. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this looks pretty stinky. There's, oh, wait, is that it? No, that's that's oh, the, that's, a, that's live a live album. album. Okay. I'll show it to you. There's another one. Is where, that it? It's no, 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 no. There's one with like a very pineapple jacks like brand that says hate and fear on that oh, reference oh, yeah. doesn't make any sense to anybody else, but that's okay. Um, so I've never listened to this album, so I don't know where to start. I mean, there's how a about t- the title track? You know what? Fuck it. And it's the title track, but it's not. It's the second to last song on the album. So we'll mm. give that a try. This is the title track from the Skeptics album hate and fear i was gonna say if it, records if it's one of those things where it's like an instrumental jam we'll pick another song so okay giving butt flap 
That is the first thing I'm thinking of, which I guess is to be expected given the era and everything we just talked about, about this milieu that granted we didn't live through. And I'm sure folks who were around will have some feedback for us on this. Well, uh, I mean, we did technically live through this. Technically. Yeah. But, you know, and uh, I, I know has Mark uh, commented about this. Mark has commented on the street punk thing. He sent me an email that I read, but haven't fully delved into. And we'll, we'll probably delve into after this uh, separately. But shout out to Mark at TKO Records for letting us know what we get right, what we get wrong and what we would like to know more about. But for this, yeah, I kind of wanted to go in blind and just judge the music. Uh, this I had very mixed feelings about. There were things about it I really liked and things about it I really didn't. That verse, or that riff in like the pre-chorus, not the living in a world of hate and fear. There's another riff before that that's really catchy. Um, the other riffs are like good, but mm, trying to put my finger on it. I The vocals are not what I want from this band would be the first thing I would start no. with. The way the vocals are recorded are not what I want from this band. I would say my biggest thing, the drumming. Doing the... Like, not a charge, like, UK82 beat the... Like, doing what I can only... Probably more of a uh, street punk thing. I but would. it's like beginner... Like, like rocking. It's, it, the way it comes off, it sounds like it's like the person has just started playing drums it does. in a year. And it's also rocking, as you said, Tim, but not in the good sense of the term. And, I, I you know, I read about this album a little bit, and it said, and again... Please correct us if we're wrong about this, and I apologize for not being as prepared as I could be. It said this was the original lineup. If this is the same drummer that played on that first album, it's possible. You know, I heard that there's the legendary story of how TSOL, that drummer, had to quit because he kept shooting speed in his leg and he couldn't play kick drum anymore. I don't know. Maybe something happened to the guy and he couldn't play like that because that first album, that sounded physically taxing, so we'll see. But this I mean, did come out uh, 19 years after that first album. So Yeah. I mean, it, it it sounds like he cannot bend his joints. Right, right. Like yeah. that, we, no, it's a good we, way to put it. Me and Tim have made the joke many times where it's just like a drummer. You see a drummer at a show, and it's like when they hit the hi-hat, their wrist has no movement, so it's just yeah, 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 like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can't see it, folks, but it's a very funny movement, and and the hi hat is like neither open nor closed. I feel like it, maybe I'm. That's like kind of. I heard some of that on here. We we have you have seen that drummer before. If you've oh, gone dude. to show local shows, you've seen that. And I just think everything else combined with it, like the guitar sounds okay the vocals are okay there's i didn't hear the bass really as well um and there was as you pointed out tim a solo oh completely buried completely buried now probably compared to their first earlier stuff definitely i can't imagine they were doing shredding metal solos Back then. Not on the first album. I, I think on some of the EPs, yes, they drifted into some metal punk territory. Mm. And I think this band's earlier stuff could accommodate some shredding. The other thing weird about this is like, because on, on that first album, there are like slower, like mid-tempo songs, but not like this. Like this was very like plotting sounding. And uh, that's not really what I go to this band for. And yeah, the vocals, 
I guess they were okay. Like I said, the, the, the vocals just to me reminded me of like, I don't know, like an old guy who's like a scumbag. And it's, I'm like <laughs> thinking about like Bobby Ebbs in that video with Gigi Allen, like with the tartan butt flap right. or whatever. Like, I'm not trying to diss this band too much. Maybe, you know what? I, if there's like fast songs on this album too, I will listen to this rest of the album and I'm willing to believe if the drummer got his act together on the fast songs that this could be good because the riffs aren't bad i can tell they put some work into the riffs although some of them are kind of weird but you know what yeah. i kind of like about this the whole the whole overall presentation with this is that uh this seems like a very low budget record that's yeah. absolutely like, true the art is i'd say it's it's worse than the than the first album oh the first album i like that art it's bad but i like it this is bad and i don't like I mean, it but yeah, it's kind of cool you know like the 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 recording is like you know not great yeah but i think it's admirable that the you know they probably did whatever they could to you know probably put this out you know what if they had fun that's great thunk records is the name of the label too thunk thunk oh thunk t-h-u-n-k thunk yeah that's not a good sign <laughs> i don't even, i don't know what else is on that label Thunk-sy. but see it's like, I can't imagine records. it'd be like, the thunk is taking over the world. You know what would be a way better name that would make me actually want to listen to it if I knew the label name? Good Records. It's true. Yep. Good. What's Good Records? I've never heard of that. Yeah, what? Huh. <laughs> Who's Good Records? Uh, it looks like Thunk Records put out that beginning of the end record by Discharge. And huh. uh, a comp called Nothing Set in Stone, which has... Let me double like check. Like this label... Uh, no, there isn't actually, no, there's one band on that, uh, comp, which has 25 tracks, CD comp. There's one band on it. I've heard of a band called the neon maniacs who are, I think some kind of street pump. I don't know. I bought a seven inch of theirs from record archive for like $2 when I was probably 12 years old. I don't remember anything about it. Could be good, but yeah. Thunk records. They're our new sponsor. Good old thunk. And probably our best friends. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I'll listen to the rest of that record. It was it was weird enough that I'm curious about it, and there were things about it that I did like. But uh, d- didn't title track did not knock it out of the park for me. No, little, not like the Rookers. A little bit of butt punk kind of action, I guess. Is that what you call it? <laughs> I, I like that's. A, I think that might be that's like a good way to phrase it. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Butt punk. So the last band we were going to cover today that. I am I am familiar with them, but not with the reunion record. Is a lesser known band called the Violators. Uh, I I think I, I wanted to kind of discuss them a little bit in our UKD two episode because I think they're they've got some pretty cool stuff, but we didn't really get to it. They are from here's another good English town name Chapel and Le Frith, uh, and they had um yeah they had a few records on No Future in the early eighties. The one that I wanted to listen to, what, which record is the song on? Um, they they have a song called "Live Fast, Die Young." That oh, I, that's yeah, I got that's, it. Up. Yeah, that's the B side of their first single on No Future, "Live Fast, Die Young." I think you know UKD two, as we've discussed, is known for being a very catchy genre. Lots of stuff that's kind of earwormy. Uh-huh. I think this is one of the earwormiest of uh, these types of songs. Another interesting development here. Oh, uh, we I just discovered. That there is a cover version of this "Live Fast, Die Young" song by our the favorites. Transplants. 
Featuring Tim Armstrong of uh, Rancid. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Travis Skin- Barker. And a guy named Skinhead Rob, who I don't know what he does in the band. He might be my favorite member of that group. This is, yeah, that is the Woohoo band. Yeah, he's probably my best he, friend. He, I like, because I kind of like his, like, tough rap thing he does. Like, he sounds like a tough guy when he raps. Wait, like is that, that. the... Uh, I said he's the, the rapper, yeah. I said the Woohoo band, and people are going to think I'm talking about Blur. I'm not, but they do that in their song, too. It's the it's like, shampoo commercial like, song, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, we, we should play that song. That Woohoo one not the other we'll, one. Oh, we'll, we'll put it in there we'll put a little the clip of yeah like the the chorus of that song in uh but this song i will we'll listen to the transplants cover of it later this is a catchy ass song that i like a lot uh the violators live fast die young uh track off their summer of 81 single from 1982 on no future and we're gonna give that a listen and then get into their reunion ep all right
right, so you just heard the track Live Fast, Die Young by The Violators. We just heard both that and the Transplants cover of the song that we wanted to listen to. Um, Violators, I didn't talk much about it before. Pretty weird band in a number of ways. They had, I believe, two singers, a female and a male. I think the, the dude like played either guitar or bass as well. Although they had some lineup changes too. Maybe they yeah. were five pieces at some point. I'm sorry for not knowing that off the top of my head, but again, we're mostly judging the music here. Uh, they looked very different than other UKD2 bands, as we were noting. No like spikes and studs and big hair. They had like two guys dressed as droogs, and the rest of them were just wearing kind of like shabby looking British, like I don't know. Like, I mean, standard. Like a, a cool coat, yeah. you know? Stuff you'd wear if Got you lived boots in, on, in maybe. chapel on something, whatever, whatever the name of the town was. That's, that's Liftwaith or whatever. Yeah, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, I like, no, that, I will say I like that. Never heard it before. Good fucking song. Good catchy ass song. Yeah, the backing vocals are cool. So I couldn't find a lot of info on it, including I, as far as ascertaining what original members are on this reunion record. I couldn't get much, but I, I know it's a different lady singer. Uh, this band did, this is kind of another thing that inspired me to want to do this, is when I learned that this band did an EP in 2018 called Tied, on the, Tied to the Tracks on a, um, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, I keep coughing, trying to not do it in the mic, but they, uh, this is on a Philadelphia-based label. Yeah, it's a record label called uh, Violated Records run by um, Pat Society from, I think, the band Violent Society, which is a street punk band named for a Special Duties song, uh, another great band. But very curious to hear what a Violators record from 2018 is going to sound like. So we're going to well, hear that, and you're going to hear how that much, too. How, how many records did they release when they were like going? They uh, had a one, what, they that had, single. That single two three four they have four they had four singles and i think that's it i don't know that i don't think they ever did like a full-length album back in the day hmm. okay well i'm looking at some of the names on this new ep they got here i kind of want to listen to toxic graffiti because that sounds funny yeah right, yeah fuck it this is a uh, toxic graffiti from the tide of the tracks ep by the violators from 2018 <laughs>
So ain't that the damn truth? <laughs> Glad we got that on mic. Uh, I think I liked this about as much as the last song. I have so I will say I have a similar response of I'm curious to hear what the rest of the records like. I feel like that probably isn't the most representative one. Although Violators, I will say, were always kind of a weird band that sounded a little different and weren't you know just like sort of fast pogoey kind of stuff like the exploited kind of an definitely an odd interesting band which is why i like them uh i will say yes i'm curious but even l- less so than the skeptics am, am, i have even less optimism that i would like the rest of this ep hmm. yeah i would it has like a there's something about it that if it leaned a certain way i would have hated it and that was what I thought I was hearing was saxophones or like horns. See, that might have been since that was what I liked the most. About or it, I thought that was cool. it was at the very least. Maybe I imagined it at the very least. It was low enough in the mix to be just a, an accompaniment. Yeah. And, and blend in as opposed to being like blaring over the top. And now it's. Like some fucking rockabilly bullshit. No, that was something I was going to give this credit for personally. Whatever that, I think it, I thought it was a synth. I think you might be right that it's a sax. Whatever that little thing hiding underneath, I, I liked that. I thought that was a nice touch. And uh, really, my biggest issue, and I, I liked the vocals just fine. They're not like my it favorite. Sounded like, fun, okay. Yeah. The songwriting for this just didn't pop for me, I guess, is fundamentally the problem, which isn't unique to this as an old band. That's what I say about pretty much every band I hear that I don't like, especially punk bands. I mean, there was, what, maybe like two riffs tops on that song? Yeah, and there wasn't a lot to them. Yeah, maybe the uh, maybe the sax, if that is the case, should have blared out a little bit, hit us with a little bit of lead, you know, some melody on top. You know, give us a harmony. Yeah, or solo at the end. Like, if it was hiding underneath everything the whole time, and then at the end there's, like, a sax solo, that would have been really cool. That would have been cool. I, I, I would have fucked with it I at the very least. That, yeah, uh, but this band, because they are a lesser-known band, I must say, if you haven't heard their old records, like those early singles, definitely get into those. So this, I think, is a decent segue into what my kind of sort of percolating in my head about this and about the skeptic stuff and about like reunion records I've heard in general seems to be most pronounced on these UK 82 type ones for whatever reason. I feel like a lot of these old bands, they kind of, they got back together in part because there was a renewed interest in the style music they used to play, but they've probably gotten into other styles of music since then, but they don't want to branch out too much but they also want to like update their sound a little. Yeah. And so it leads to like this and skeptics both sounded kind of mishmashy to me. Like I they would, didn't know what they were trying to do. I would say this is something is we're, we're our recording technology that we have been inundated with the last 13, 14, 15 years or so um, has relatively been pretty similar throughout that time. And people always begrudge bands for wanting to sound more polished and stuff like that. But I can only imagine in the early 80s having recorded the tape and shit and maybe being frustrated with how things are sounding and wanting an opportunity to actually have it sound, you know, nice. So I don't I don't begrudge a reunion thing when it does that. Um, the skeptics one is just kind of sounds bad just because again as tim said it's 
probably pretty cheap, pretty low budget yeah. overall. I thought the production on this Violators thing was good, but again, this is in 2002. This is 2018. 2018. So we had the good production by then. From the yeah. good the good production store. You can get good go production for pretty cheap. Oh, I mean, honestly, compared to all three, this is like the best out of all three records. Production wise, yeah, yeah, yeah I absolutely. Mean, but yeah. the I like, I mean, I like the Verrucker's one because it has that '90s like sound. Still, yeah, it has that true. rawness. Interesting but, uh, how the the Verrucker's one was not the worst produced record, despite being the you know what longest to go one. Yeah, and I I would say. Verruca's much more of a ripping band than any of those right. Where the where the where the lack of production might help that. Yeah, for sure. But it would be cool to hear like a rough version of this. You know, uh, you know. Yeah, like the like the like the skeptics production, like but this. Mm. Or just yeah, like something what about be- something in between the skeptics or, and Verruca. You mean like what their records from the eighties sound like? Yeah, but like just a little bit updated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit more shiny. I feel you. I definitely I agree with everything you said about production. I was talking more about like songwriting and just sonically. A lot of these like '90s and 2000s reunion records that I've heard, even some of the U.S. ones we listened to, though not all of them, there's like a stilted feeling to them that I think does come from like let's update our sound, let's add a little bit of this or that we've gotten into since then. Or let's draw influence from contemporary punk bands, and it ends up sounding a little confused, I guess. Even records I like. Yeah. like we liked that Urban Waste record, but even that kind of gave me that vibe. Well, when you fucking stop doing something for 15, 20 fucking years sometimes, it's like, how do you start up if you haven't been consistently doing it? Or been, like, following, you know. Or following Whatever's been going on. Like hey, so. Yeah, and then you're getting back together with the intention of... I mean, I, I don't know if this is true with the Violators or not, because they did this in 2018. That, to me... I know they did it. They played the Rebellion Festival in England, which is a huge fest, and they played 100 Club. I don't know why they got back together or not. That's up to them, not begrudging them. But I will say, with a lot of reunions we've seen, it's happening because of audience demand. And I imagine it's tricky to balance that with like wanting to do whatever you want to do as an artist. But also, I guess the thing I would sort of uh, speak against is... I don't know who's doing this or not, but this is the impression I get from some reunions. It's like, oh, we're doing this for money or because an audience wants it. Maybe not even for money. Maybe like, oh, we want to make the fans happy. They they won the vote for Blue Ridge Rock Fest. Yeah, they won the vote for Blue Ridge Rock Fest. The fans want it. They want to get back together. But they also like they want to give the impression that they care about it artistically. So they yeah. decide to mix it up with the new songs, do something different. And it's like no, unless you like, unless you genuinely like want to use this as a vehicle for your creative impulses. If you are just doing it for the fans, and just give the fans what they want. Like, don't don't mix it up in that case. Again, I don't want to. I can only psychoanalyze artists so much, but th- that's the vibe I get from some reunion records is that they yeah. are, re- and it makes sense to do this because even the fans sometimes don't want to believe that they're just going to see fan service. They're going to see a reunion. They want to be like, no, this is really the the fucking so-and-sos. This is really the Dead Kennedys. So they want to feel like the artist they're seeing or performer, band, whatever, wants to be doing this. And it's like, like it's still like a living entity as a band right, would, right, when they were right. younger. And if you make some weird shit that is kind of doesn't make sense because you're trying to mix it up, that's that to me comes across as like, 
I'm trying to kind of give my fans that impression that this is a living entity, even though it's not. And we care to a degree. Yeah, like, we care more than we do. But so I would say just don't do that. It's interesting because you know who great reunion act that to this day has not written, as far as I know, a new song. Negative approach. Negative approach. And interestingly, that is one where I think if they did write new songs, it would be good because they didn't. Yeah. Write, they didn't write new songs, but what they do is during their set, they added like interludes that are like clearly like planned to some to degree where it's like feedback and maybe some symbols and John Brandon screaming. And I've seen him do it a few times. I can tell it's not totally improv. Yeah. And I would love it if Negative Approach did like an album of whatever they want, which if that means just John Brandon screaming and guitar distortion, like I would buy that album immediately. I would listen to it. I'd yeah. probably listen to it every day. I mean, that guy, he's got the voice of a bag of charcoal. I mean, goddamn. Yeah, so sounds they, like he sounds like a like a fucking parking lot full of gravel when he speaks. He sounds so scary when he screams in that band, and he you can't understand what he's saying. If they did an album of like that, and then a studio version of them doing Borstal Breakout, well, did they did yeah. they do all those cov the covers they do back in the day? Not all of them. They, they did. I got a right last time I saw they, them. Did they do Chaos? I saw them do Chaos at like an Oi Fest, but that was I the meant, only time I saw them do it. I oh. meant like when they were. In the 80s. Yeah. Did they cover those songs? Uh, I got a ride. I think they did. They did do that one. Borstal Breakout, I've never seen evidence of them covering that in the 80s, but it wouldn't surprise me if you told me that they did, They had done that. And I think in Tide Downfest, I, again, I was like really not in a, doing great when they were playing. They did some song that I didn't recognize that I think was a cover, and I'm not sure what it was, which I'm ashamed to admit. I, I abrogated my duties and didn't know my shit, but well, they did something. And if you know what cover that was or what that, like, we'll find out second to last soon. song was, like, have have let let us know. We'll break the we'll break the strike line. We'll break the picket line and watch uh, Sunny Hate Six video um, when that finally gets uploaded. Yeah, which gonna, I am very excited to see actually dude that their set at that thing was so awesome and uh yeah i'm excited to see the sunny d commercial video yep. for the drink right, he takes his he drinks his orange juice and then does a couple karate moves on somebody <laughs> gives you the energy and the vitamin c you need to you know overpower a, a belligerent moron <laughs> fuel for uh pure misogyny you know <laughs> oh right i'm sorry you're right <laughs> But thank, uh, thank you guys for uh, listening as always. Yeah, uh, this was a uh, this was you know fun to hear some new UK eighty two stuff. Kind of revisit that real quick before we potentially head on uh, to some new water. You know, got yeah, we stuff we got we got a lot of, a lot of things planned. I haven't been as on the ball in general in my life as I could be lately, but we will be bringing you lots of good stuff. We've got a lot of good ideas. I've had some new ideas recently for episodes I want to do. And uh, we've had some other things planned for a while that I promise we are lining up and it'll happen. If you want to follow along with us and hear more, learn more, contact us. Tell us we suck. Tell us we're awesome. Tell us uh, what your favorite strip mall is. Really anything you want to talk to us about. Debate, Tyler, about uh, Burger King applications. Yep. If you want to tell me about Burger King. Tell me you your order of Burger King. BurgerKing.com like and you can send me a link. <laughs> On kingsofpunk.com. 
to a Burger King website. You could send me a link to the Burger King website. Because if I am go dying to, to know if the Spider-Man ice cream sundae they got now is any good. I need to have a look. And if you, you go could send it to me on kingsofpunk.com. If you go to burgerking.kings.punk.com. <laughs> Burgerkingsofpunk.gov backslash dot punk not. rock baby. Uh, you can fill out a form there. You can fill for out a, a form. job application. You can fill out a form that will send me a link to the Burger King website, so I can have a look at it. And then, Cop Pod Official on Instagram is also a place where you could send me a link to, for instance, like the Bar Louie YouTube channel or other things <laughs> that we might be interested in. Or maybe how about the Sports on Tap uh, web page? That would be. I will that would say be rest in peace to the Henrietta Bar Louie. We hardly knew her, but we loved her. <laughs> But Bar Louise. <laughs> Bar Louise. And, uh, yeah, Kings of Punk Pod on Twitter if you want to get it, Tyler, about uh, debates you want to have that we're not going to do. But you can, yeah. you but can you, say whatever you want. You can threaten them with a Burger King application if you want. I do want to – I wanted to see if I could invite that. There is a, a, a turf lady um, who keeps injecting herself into hardcore conversations Oh, great. And uh, she sucks the biggest cock ever. Um, hopefully a, a trans cock, too. Uh, and I wanted to invite her on because I know she she's such a fucking desperate fucking loser. She probably would and not even check to see who we are. But wait uh, a minute. Okay. Are we going to we're going to have to put clothespins over our noses if we have her on, aren't we? Tim, not only that, we're going to have to wear two eye patches <laughs> so we um, can't see her. Yeah, cause I'm going to wear floaties. Yeah, you're gonna need yeah. to cause helmets. You're gonna be wrist crying guards. to like get off the call with her. I'm very Please. curious who this person is. For the so, love uh, of God, off, off mic. I'm gonna have to. I don't know anything. I about mean, we're this. all gonna have to put condoms on. I mean, we're gonna have to do a lot of work for this. this yeah, guest have you seen the on. movie Bubble Boy, Tim? Yeah, think that, but three, <laughs> but like yeah, times a million, <laughs> like bubble helmet, bubble wrist guards, bubble condom. <laughs> <laughs> bubble rollerblades. Yeah, like um, just, you know, there's a whole lot of prep work to be done with this turf lady. Bubble microphone. Listen, now, we're going all out. At first, when he said turf, I was like, oh, surf and turf. Like, she's, no. a, she's a steak and lobster kind Boy, of person. Boy, I wish. I wish she was a steak and lobster person. Right. Actually, sounds like she probably eats tree bark and uh, poisonous berries. She, she went to see Bane, and she was mad that the singer was talking about trans people and like wiping the american flag with his ass um, she sounds so. like she's not invited to my vip party bus party with, where, with, with our friend malik be, yeah we're gonna go oh. to the red lobster and then we're going to the residence inn and tickets are only 55 dollars, and it's gonna be extravagant but the she limo would hate malik gaden <laughs> the limo does have a floor and a yeah. roof so yeah, so that's pretty exciting, and you can find out more about these opportunities and many more on kingsofpunk.com and Kings of Punk Pod on Twitter and Cop Pod Official on Instagram. And I hope you liked this, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you next week. And bombs away.